everybody to the greatest music NFT podcast show. I am your host, Beaks of the Vibe, and this is your number one source for all things music, AI, and crypto. And we can't forget our last little topic there, crypto. You know, it's been a while since we've covered anything of real substance (laughs) crypto related. You know, it had been a bear market for, you know, a few months, obviously, anyone that's been in the market since 2021, 2022. Uh, Clearly, 2022 was a bear market. A lot of 2023 was, you know, a lot of speculation of a recession and kind of market correction and consolidation. And everyone's kind of been you know, on the sidelines or accumulating or just kind of idling by while we waited for any kind of significant amount of volume to uh, take shape in the crypto markets or, you know, for the kind of bull market to pick back up, as they say. So over the last few weeks, over the last couple of months, you know, some of that bull market momentum, some of that cycle hype that we have so been waiting for has been happening. So for anyone that's been uh, in the arena, quote unquote, as they say, congratulations. If you're feeling pretty good and seeing some green candles in your portfolios, uh, it's definitely exciting to see some action taking place um, with the markets again. So with all that being said, you know, it led me to think about some philosophy on conviction thinking about just blockchain in general and you know the you know from this cycle versus you know the previous cycle in you know where is my head at what are my thoughts and maybe you know is there anything I could share uh, with my audience so I was listening to a podcast the other week and it caught my attention because it really started inspiring me thinking, Oh wow, there's the cat there's another major catalyst for kind of blockchain conviction and it's just really been in my mind ever since. And I uh, wanted to share it with you all here today. So this week it's a little bit of a random episode, but you know, just because we're seeing some action in the markets again, you know, figured why not talk about a little bit of why we're talking about blockchain? Why do we even care about blockchain? What's going on with all this stuff? And the thing about the internet, you know, everyone always talked about, you know, referred to, you know, blockchain as Web3 and, you know, Web3 versus Web2 with what's different. And, you know, I remember hearing a good analogy and it was about Web1, which was, you know, read only. And it wasn't this kind of interactive dynamic with the internet where you could, you know, post or, you know, blog or, you know, post your own videos on YouTube or tweets or things like that. So Web2 was this whole idea of read and write, you know, read and write. And Web3 was trying to be marketed as read, write, and own, and this idea of ownership. And and of course, you can go down the rabbit holes of decentralization, and you can go down the rabbit holes of digital authenticity and ownership and what that means from an authoring standpoint. And so you have things like, you know, digital ledgers uh, or cryptographic ledgers maybe is more specific or more correct. And... You know, you think about the internet and the internet's evolved, right? You know, anyone who has been around for a a few years or a couple of decades and kind of watched the internet progress, I mean, clearly the internet has evolved and it's matured and its ecosystem has matured 
And, you know, there's still a lot of things that are evolving with the internet. And one of, and I'm going to keep this at a high level conversation. The, the intention of this topic isn't to kind of get into any particular details here, but just to talk about kind of conviction about blockchain and crypto in general. And so whether it's right or wrong isn't the point here. It's just more of an observation and kind of uh this is what's happening uh, point of view here. So with regulation and safety and privacy laws, and you know, there's a lot of progressive uh, nature that's happening over in Europe related to this stuff. And it's everything re- regarding you know KYC, which is know your customer or being able to kind of have to dox yourself either to your internet service provider. Um, and you're seeing this just evolve more and more. And it's a state by state issue in the states. It's a European Union issue that's very progressive over in Europe. And then other places in the world are treating this uh, in their own respective ways as well. And, you know, one of these things is, you know, the quote unquote good old days of the internet where there's kind of censorship free or censorship resistant content or media. And, you know, a lot of, you know, what Elon Musk talks about with why he, you know, bought Twitter for $44 billion and changed the name to X is because this whole thing of he felt like he needed to kind of somewhat protect the internet and things like this. So I say all this to say, I'm teeing this up to say, I could essentially in a cynical kind of forecast, see where the internet really does change in a way where the freedom to use the internet is no longer, you know, what we you know, wanted it to be. And these are just because of evolving cases, right? Whether social media companies just get pounded by the government because of, you know, regulation and oversight and this and that. And so, I mean, it gets to a point where it's like, you know, something that either has to happen, either the government gets enforced or the social media companies get enforced or the internet gets enforced or like something has to, you know, ultimately sometimes has to end up changing. And so when I see all these changes kind of start to occur and you kind of go, oh, yeah, the the inevitable is going to happen, which means that kind of the free censorship resistant way we used to know the Internet and share the Internet, because obviously with presidential elections, I mean, I think 2008 was the first time that, you know, we had any even interaction with Obama, you know, with uh, social media when Obama was elected president. And then 2016, clearly, you know, it escalated. Uh, and then 2020, it escalated. And you got, like, fake news. And you got all these things. You got TikTok, which now has, like, most recently been, you know, in a viral way, been, like, propagating Osama bin Laden, like, empathizers and things like that and, and sympathizers. Those points, the, re- the reason I'm bringing that up is because you, you uh, identify these points and go, well, these seemingly are objective issues of the kind of free, you know, the free flowing of information on the Internet. Or is it free flowing or do we just is it perceived free flowing and very much not free flowing? And so we don't really know. And so it seems like more oversight, more regulation, more control, more, you know, understanding of these algorithms and what they do has to be understood. Yada, yada, yada. And so I think it was always kind of a little bit of a joke to kind of refer to blockchain as Web3 since it had like none of the legs that the internet really has. But I do see the major catalyst, one of my major kind of conviction catalysts now 
is that I believe that kind of the future of the free internet will one day no longer be here. And I believe the only place that you're going to be able to go for that same type of sensation or that same type of uh, wanderment is going to be on the blockchain where, you know, that type of, and there already are, you know, decentralized social, you know, applications, you know, whatever you want to call them. So things that are replacing kind of centralized social media. So I definitely see a world, you know, it isn't just about replacing the dollar or replacing gold or the dollar isn't backed by gold. Therefore, you know, Bitcoin is sound money and nothing else is. And, you know, I'm all for those conversations. I'm all for those debates. I'm all for, you know, the the topic of cryptocurrency. But the other big catalyst I'm seeing is just the internet. Like, not about money, but like just the internet and what the blockchain infrastructure can provide as a safe haven to what we kind of all know and love the internet to be. So that's my thoughts. I know they're a little kind of just out there. This is really just me kind of spewing a little bit of food for thought because I just see there's so much action happening uh, from a legislation standpoint within governments. That's all you know related to the way we protect and censor the internet. And, you know, I think we can defend that fight and fight that fight as long and as hard as possible. But I think one day in our lifetimes, uh, that privilege will be taken away from us. And when that day comes, you know, I think that's kind of where we're, we're going to be forced to use blockchain and we're going to hope that the technology in blockchain has progressed and matured enough to a level where some real feasible navigation of censorship-free, whether it's media or news or information or money or markets or whatever it might be, is available. Because I can really see that as a, almost a like a voter choice, where it's like, are you for decentralized internet? Are you for, you know regulated internet are you for this are you for that so i can kind of foresee almost these political views of internet with blockchain kind of being a, a huge caveat to that and i don't say that with a, a smile on my face that's not like i'm happy about that this is more like oh boy i can kind of now see how this chess game plays out maybe in three to five years from now and I can see this being somewhat of a hindrance, yet also then turning into somewhat of a catalyst as to then what would propel a lot more use, <laughs> a lot more use case to crypto. Because I think everyone in crypto this last cycle was like, well, what's the use case? Where's the use case? And a lot of it was, well, sound money and Bitcoin and, and everything. But now, you know, imagine it's not even about money. And it's like, well, what's the use case? It's like, well... Do you want to use that version of the internet or do you want to be able to like, you know, navigate your money in a way where there's decentralized networks? So I don't know. I think there's something there. It's a little bit of a, it's a rough thought. It's a rough thought, but we'll leave it there. So I appreciate anyone for tuning in. I just wanted to say, if you're in the arena, if you're in the markets, if you're experiencing some joy, then congratulations. If you're not, I understand you know, this is the very beginning. 
This is not financial advice, but I think, you know, they've all been saying Bitcoin's very cyclical and 2022 was that bear market and 2023 was kind of the continuation of that. And, you know, 2024, 2025 is starting to look up. So as we kind of close out this 2023 calendar year, uh, I'm just trying to get myself in a position to get a little bit more of some market exposure. So that's all I'll say about that. Make sure you're following the podcast at TGM NFT pod. Of course, you know, that's short for the greatest music NFT podcast show. You can also follow me at Beaks Vibe on Twitter slash X, where we're posting the avatar video versions of these episodes. We're also posting those on YouTube, but of course you can also just listen to the audio only versions of these episodes anywhere podcasts are streamed for free. So that does it for us this week. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, and we will see you same time, same place next week. Peace.